You so, need a jingle. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, just dad every time going, bum, 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 bum. That will be the jingle. Okay, well, welcome to the Mull It Over podcast with Dr. Richard Mull. We edited the graphic on our podcast to add the doctor. Wow, I feel so much more important this week. You yeah, should good. definitely feel more important. And we have a very special guest today, my little baby brother. The audience goes the not, wild. The not doctor, Philip Mull. The not doctor. I'm going to close the door Okay. real quick you because otherwise we're going to hear other sounds. Hey, Dad, what do you want to talk about while Andrew's not here and can't hear us, even though we're all in the same room and he can totally hear us? Uh, you know what? Um, you have a lot of other distinctions that I don't have. Like? You are a pilot, a flight instructor. Yeah, but there's not like a title for that. Like, pilot, Philip. Like, I actually captain. an have aviator. The, You're an aviator. That's right. I've got that Come on the on. back of my truck because it was yeah. your truck. That's so. a good point. Yeah, I'm like, I keep that sticker on there proudly. So we have an aviator. We have a doctor. And we have a father. Aww. A father. That's my that's greatest like accomplishment. And a pastor. No, yeah, yeah, pastor. There's so yeah, many other things. I'll take that. I'll take well, that. Well, that's your title. You get the title. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so today I thought we would talk about revival. Ooh. Have, the Asbury one? Have you been reading about the Asbury? Have you heard? What have you guys heard about the Asbury revival? Everything I know about the Asbury revival is from mom. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's been very excited. Yes, she has and, been. Uh, I, I, what I know is it started like a week or two ago and it's still going. And now they're like, okay, none of our students are even in these rooms because we're too packed out with other people. How do we rearrange this so that it's still like the people who were here before can still be a part of this. And they're not like crowded out by people coming from other cities. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think they, and I think they actually stopped it for the first time last night at midnight. Okay. It had been continuous. They had kept the doors open and they took a couple I don't remember how many hours break, but for the first time last night, they took a break. So, yeah. yeah. What, what else have you guys I heard? did not look at a lot of things about it. Um, just a few posts, people that I'm close to um, at the bat. Partly because at Abide, where we go, it, um, you know, they began to meet, you know, continuously. And I'd rather be there than reading about stuff. Absolutely. And so, you know, went there and definitely you know, sense the presence of God and, and stuff like that. You guys make some funny <laughs> no, faces. He's making faces at me. I'm trying to be really careful when I'm drinking. Like, I don't want to make this an ASMR podcast. That's what like, I was thinking. Trying to swallow That's so exactly. silently. But then he started smiling because I looked at him while he was swallowing. And so then I started smiling and it just, we're not laughing at you. No. We can't be in I'm the sorry, same Dad. room. It, it must be like, because I know we always do this when we're in the same room. Yeah. I don't know if that ever like increases your insecurity level. Like, oh, they're making fun of me again, aren't they? No, I, you know, I, I'm so proud of you guys that I get, I get more kudos from the mall boys than I do about many things in my life. And that has always been there. And I believe that it always will. And I'm very proud of you guys. So no, I don't. You guys don't make me feel insecure, but I'm Good. not sure that you're not laughing at me. At <laughs> but no, the, the the interesting thing was this morning I walked, actually watched, it just popped up in my feed, the message that all of this began from. Mm. It's a pretty young guy. Yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that or not. I read about it. I, watched, I, it. I watched the whole thing and it was such a down to earth. It was an yeah. exposition of Romans 12. Yep. Let love be without hypocrisy. And he even got vulnerable in mentioning um, that the perp person that perpetrated him, because he was talking about 
the Greek meaning of that word means um, uh, kind of a screwed up love or a, yeah. a false love. And he talked about a person that perpetrated him, that, that violated him when he was a child using the word love, but that was uh, hypocritical. And he goes, I know that there's other people in this room and you've been violated by the church. You've been mm-hmm. violated. And he listed different, I'm thinking the, that's going to be the altar yeah. call. He prepared an altar call and then he just kept teaching a little bit more. Yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, but he just talked more and more about, you know, these commandments were about, you know, bringing people together and healing people. And, um, and I, I don't remember uh, all the specifics this morning cause I was making breakfast at the same time I'm listening to it and yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with getting stuff ready for kids. But it was, um, amazing. Cause I was like going, this message would fit in most mainline evangelical churches. Yeah. And, but I read a few critiques of it that were talking about it was all emotionalism Et cetera, oh, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And wait, everyone in the body of Christ didn't agree with it. <laughs> the people I'm around wait, there are and run with on the internet. <laughs> what? <laughs> the ones that I run with are all hungry for revival yeah. and they take off and they want to be there. They want to see it. They want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. they want to carry it back with them. Absolutely. That's the people I tend to run with. The ones that were critiquing it. Some of them, it just was so sad. They're like, this can't be revival because it didn't happen in a church. And revivals only can happen in a church because Jesus told us to mip to that it's you know his church. And so I'm going, and a school is not a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just was like, what a <laughs> pathetic way of looking it's at just the so kingdom. easily dismissed. Like just like it doesn't matter what's happening. If if it doesn't fit one tiny belief or something, and you can just completely dismiss anything yeah. that happens because of that. You yeah. know, that's that is crazy to hear. Yeah, in fact, my, my I've been a student of revival. And many of them did not happen in churches. They would impact. They would impact churches. Yeah, but they happened with fringe people, people that were rejected. And the church were the were the were the second wave. And I I am sure that it's happened in churches. But the ones that I am the most familiar with, and I've studied all of them, but it, I didn't look at it from that grid. Did it start in a church yeah, yeah, or yeah. not? And some of them were small meetings that became a church. But they were just a small group of people praying in a building, yeah. singing. And so people go, well, well, obviously it was a church. You know, I'm like, nothing about what they said they were doing. Azusa wasn't a church. I know that one wasn't. Yeah. Yep. Finney was, he was a choir director, but he was an atheist. Yeah. He was a mason and he was the town mocker of christians because he was like he would hear the sermons and then he would lead the choir yeah and um and he was like you don't even believe what you talk you read this if you read this book your lives would be radically different yeah people were falling under conviction while he was an atheist while he was trying to call him out for being yeah. fake yeah and and all of a sudden he was like doggone it i've been convinced of the reality and the amazingness of this book mm. and and it doesn't fit the church yeah i want what i read and hear but I don't want that. In fact, his conversion, he went so deep into the woods to hide because he didn't want anybody to know about his conversion. And that's what the Lord called him out on. He's like, if you're going to hide from me here, then you will hide from me. And you know, if you confess me with your mouth, then I will confess you. And he stood up on this tree stump that he had crawled under and began to shout it and came back ready to tell anybody. And he didn't even have to open his mouth. People that met him began to fall under conviction. Yeah. And even he was going, because they were like, well, you can't pastor anywhere if you don't have a degree. And he goes, I don't want a degree from one of your schools. And he was influential enough 
to have a leader of one of these schools let him design his own program. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm verbalizing it in yeah, my yeah. words, but, but he created his own program and was able to get the degrees that he needed. And, and revival was happening before he could even take a church because they wouldn't give him a church until he had the degrees. Well, then it definitely couldn't have been real revival. Definitely couldn't have been. So we definitely should have had dad on our podcast. Yeah, me and Philip had a somewhere in the nine episodes that we made. Was it nine? We had yeah. we had a we had a, a short lived one season podcast on revival, and man, we definitely should have had you a part of that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun when we did that. that. Was fun. We didn't do one on the Asbury revival. What do you guys know about the history of the Asbury revival? Nothing. Didn't I just start. do know that <laughs> the, the, there's like there's like a kind of semi. Go ahead. Yeah, it's happened numerous times yeah. there, um, and it was a college, and it was just like the spirit of God coming and showing up. And then the one it's interesting because the one in the seventies, one of the pastors in town, <clears throat> I won't say his name, but he was in college during that time, really out of state, not far from there. And that revival came to his school and it was a part of like him surrendering even more so to yeah. the call. And he, he was a revivalist big time. He preached on revivals, studied revivals. And it was a large part because of what happened at the Asbury revivals. Yeah. I think that was in the 1970s. 1970, 1970. Yeah. yeah. So that, that revival lasted between 140 and 180 hours, depending on like where you read and what it says of continuous and then kind of went out and, and Asbury lists having a revival, I would say every like 10 or 15 years or so where uh -huh. something around like 120, 140 hours of continuous service. Most of them they say had started with confession and mm -hmm. people being vulnerable <laughs> and real. And that's what kind of led to it. Um, but what was different about the 1971 was they went out. Hmm. It didn't just, it wasn't just people coming to one location yeah. and, you know, praying and feeling conviction and then going back to life as normal. They sent out, they said that they impacted at least 130 colleges directly by sending people directly to colleges to preach. <laughs> and they had, they said they estimated 3,000 people went out witnessing in the town. Like, so the revival did, it hit the streets. It didn't stay yeah. in a building. And so I have a question. Mm. Okay. I've been praying. To, this is before. I have, I have a question after you have a question. <clears throat> oh, all right. Well, will you remember your question? I will. Okay. I, I'm definitely going to remember mine. But I, I've been thinking about revival more. Before this kind of started, and people, you know, the people you run with, all the people mm -hmm. crying out for revival. And I'm like, what do we mean when we cry out for revival? What signifies revival? And then I had this thought. This was maybe like two or three weeks ago. And then this happened. I was like, is revival the way we ask for it and cry out for it? Biblical. Hmm. The idea of one location, people come and I don't want to say stay, but a lot of the revivals became known as like this area, this place, yeah. this building. Like uh, historically, a lot of them were built that way. When we went through our podcast, I'd say yep. maybe all except for the Reformation with Martin yeah. Luther were there, there is a address where you can go and visit. This is where the revival was. Yeah. And the closest thing I think of revival biblically would be, you know, 10 days, they're praying and fasting, right? That kind of sounds like the 120 day hours or whatever. Holy Spirit falls out and then they went. Yeah. And then they, they left. <clears throat> and I, this idea of revival as, as a location, I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking more about it. And like, I'm not like, I think every time believers meet should be like, quote unquote, revival. Like you yeah. should experience the Holy Spirit. People should have conviction, miracle signs and wonders. All of that should be normal. Yeah. But the idea of we want 
all day, every day, a low, a building to be where we come. I don't yeah. know. I, I think I, I, I'm pondering that. What do you guys think about that? Okay. Well, that was going to be my question. So. Oh, we're on the same, we're in the same place. Yeah, so <coughs> it's tough. So if you look like Bible as a whole, Genesis to revelation, like people like to look at new Testament to say, okay, there are, appear to be things that happen here like you know cornelius's house yeah, yeah everyone in cornelius's house getting saved holy spirit's pouring out things are happening it's like that's awesome that is a revival of sorts mm -hmm. and yeah, it, yeah. just the whole idea of reviving is like <clears throat> coming back to sort of like the eden place the initial design initial structure that the lord has for people in relationship to him people in relationship to each other just systems in the area being restored to what God would want to be like the norm and the usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like that. that. <clears throat> I think is a the I would say most biblical definition of revival that I can think of. And if you look at like Old Testament prophets like Amos, like Amos was a farmer out in the middle of nowhere. And the Lord's like, oh, I want you to go not even to the people of your own kingdom. I want you to go north to the people of, you know, the next kingdom over and tell them you guys are screwed up and you're doing things wrong. And the message he brought was like, hey, rich people, you're getting richer by oppressing the poor. He was calling for a revival yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't necessarily look like prayer, worship, singing, all that. It's like, no, reorder your society in such a way so that the poor are no longer being oppressed. They are being brought up and there is right relationship between people in the Lord's city. Um, and then you have New Testament, like you were saying, um, the day of Pentecost, like <clears throat> that's two. another example of a revival type thing. You know, Peter is speaking. Everyone is able to understand like that event is directly undoing the Babel, the, the story of Babel. Ooh. You know, God said, hey, they are coming together to do a thing that is not for my purposes. I'm going to scatter them. Yeah. I'm going to give them different language to confuse them. Now you have Peter standing up speaking one set of words everyone is able to hear and understand. So that's a picture of God reviving, renewing this something that's come word. apart. This is a go word. Keep going, Pastor. We <laughs> like this. What, what do you guys think? <laughs> well, I, I, I want to hear your take. But I, I was thinking like in the Old Testament... <clears throat> The, the, the idea of like, this is where the spirit falls and this yeah. is where God is. It was a temple. It was a building. Yes, often. Like that was, that was kind of the idea of like, you yeah. know, a house built for him, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. New Testament were that we're a house built for him. We're yeah. called to carry that. We're called, you know, Jesus didn't say sit and soak and yeah. wash. He said, go and make and do. Yeah. And so I think a rev a, a, when I think of revival, I think we all need those recharging. Yeah. I think all the apostles at different times, they 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 experienced the gambit of emotion. They got oh, discouraged. Yeah. They got tired. They, you know, yeah, read any of Paul's writings. Re read so. any of any of the writings. There were times of them being sad and having, yeah. but there were also times of them being, you know, re being reignited, being revived yeah. themselves back to what God had called them to and, and running after that. Yeah. And so uh, the whole idea of sitting and soaking is something that like, I love listening to worship music. I love being in the yeah. presence of God, but that's not like a goal. Yeah. I don't like live for that. That's not so, like, yeah. I don't think I would ever want to pray for that to be the what I just goal. do. Like yeah. the end goal. If that kind of makes sense. I want like, that's like the beginning, the start of my day. Yeah. I want to be revived with my time <laughs> with God 
so that I can go in and yeah. and see what he's called us to see. So that's that's kind of something. Obviously, I'm not in any way saying what's happening at Asbury is not God. Yeah. I, I believe if people are confessing their sins, being reignited for love, oh, like yeah. God is there. Yeah. Like that is that that is a move of God. That's yeah. that is not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm just wondering is is that the end goal? Yeah. Or is that this supposed to be a launching and what continues throughout that's kind of my thoughts. I want to hear what you think. Doctor. Um <laughs> correct us. <laughs> I love what you guys are saying. It's it's amazing. It's powerful. Um the reality is there's a lot of different shapes and sizes yeah. of what you can call revival. I believe mm. every believer can have a personal revival that is as significant and profound as anything that happened at any of the revivals we talk about. Acts <clears throat> 2. That's <clears throat> you can you we can experience any of that. Yeah, yeah. We can even walk in all of that. I honestly believe that a lot of people that walk in revival are considered the fringe and misunderstood because People aren't used to things not fitting their structure, their structure. Yeah. And their yeah, God box. You're right. So when it broadens <coughs> and it's, and it's, and that is experienced by a larger number of people. Yeah. It is, it is a powerful thing. Yeah. Then, yeah. then it's something to that take can note shift of. Culture. Yeah. 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 You can shift society. Well, I know like Finney's was not tied to a place. Yeah. 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 Well, it was. This place, and then the next place yeah, that he yeah. went, and Wherever the next place he, went, he, went. he carried revival. <laughs> he yes. carried revival. He was a and and he and he was a he was a teacher of revival. What he discipled, yeah, yeah. he tried to raise up like revival preachers, mm -hmm. yeah, and and send them out and and tell them what he did. What's interesting is a lot of times you, you when you're making disciples, there's a percentage of disciples for Jesus that we know almost nothing about. <clears throat> there's some that were complete blowouts um but there were those that excelled mm, as yeah, disciples yeah. he's the best disciple maker ever and so you know even even in that journey like i want to pass on every key that i've had of the kingdom and there are there are though a handful that i can mark and go this person has done something yeah. with with those things and so it's the test of real revival is not what is happening right this minute yeah it's what is the fruit of it yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you have to to look at that, and some yeah. so sometimes it may look like it starts like Asbury could be a hundred and some hours, but that's not what the be it began no. to start. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's when the meetings began. Yeah, but it continued. It continued with a pastor who was here, firing up exactly. a teenager that, exactly in revival exactly. about revival, and imperfectly, we we didn't we didn't weren't experiencing the same thing in our church. But some of the prayer meetings that we had were the most significantly impactful things in my life as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I want this all the time. Why do we just have these when we're doing a fundraising campaign for a building? <laughs> yeah. I want this kind of fire all the time. Yeah. And I took that with me other places that I went. So Asbury inadvertently was impacting me as a teenager. A hundred percent. Yeah. Finney was impacting me years and years afterwards. Even in the Bible, you've got, but you've even in the Bible, you've got Hannah. Who's ministering to the Lord in the temple? I was st somebody asked me this week. They wanted to meet with me, and we didn't talk about this at all. But they, that's what they said they wanted to discuss. And I was like ministering to the Lord, and I looked in there, and there was a lot of times the Levites. That was part of what they were called to do. One hundred percent. And and in the book of Acts, um, there was I think it was Anna and whoever at the at Jesus's birth. They were ministering to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the temple. Right. 
And um, and there were there were a couple other other instances, Old Testament, New Testament, where, and I'm going, man, if somebody's called to that place oh, of intercession, the, yeah. the quiet place, a hundred percent, they are they are shaking a city. Yeah. No one may ever know what they've yeah, yeah. done, and and that is part of revival. A hundred percent. You know, the, then the. Uh, Do you think what Anna did would be considered soaking now? Anna. Hannah. Hannah, Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what she did. I do know. Yeah, it was pretty. Ra- it was so radical that Eli thought she was drunk. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, that and, doesn't sound like soaking to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and and then, but then, um, you know, um, Samuel. Yeah. Just most of his time, we don't know anything that he did. He just showed up and spoke things and yeah. anointed people and did stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he heard the father's voice, Yeah, you know? So it, like I, there's so much unwritten stuff, man. Oh, he yeah. could have been busy as I'll oh, get out doing stuff. It could have all been in the temple, you know, you, normally. And then every time he, every now and then he left it, but you know, I wish we could peel back the veil to see what it is that has really prepared the way for the work. That's one of the things right now I feel like I'm walking in and we've the last few podcasts we've kind of reported and it is still going on. I had somebody from North Carolina sent me a video of some friends who until recently have lived a couple of miles from here and they were talking about cleansing the land and healing the land and we did spiritual mapping tours together. So I asked this guy in North Carolina, one of the people that I met with when I was up there, did you know that I know these people? He goes, no, I just, somebody sent me this. And I was like, I need to send you. So I called them to tell them about this video. And I go, I I had to call you because you might have some pieces of the puzzle that I don't have. And I'm telling them what I'm doing right now. And they're laughing. He and his wife are on the phone and they're laughing. And I'm going, I know this is important, but let me finish getting out when I get (laughs) out. So I get out and they just keep laughing more. (laughs) They have been up there in the three counties adjacent to the three counties that I studied just North of them. Um, they live in Moravian Falls, which is just north of where I was. His family comes from those three counties, and they've been studying the history. the history of their three families. What a coincidence. Now we're talking about doing a conference together up in that area and down here on on spiritual mapping and um, them being apart. So today, I go to a pastor who's pastoring a church that I was a part of. 25, 30 years ago for a short amount of time, four months, a lot of agreements, a lot of covenants were made that were broken. There was money that was committed to me that was never paid to me. And I'm going, and this guy's been spiritually mapping Tampa Bay. And I was like going, he's going to understand when I tell him my history, he's going to understand this is pretty significant. And I'm excited because I'm like, going, I don't need anything from you. I don't need an apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need reparation for anything like that. But I, there's going to be something in that church and in your ministry that's blocked because covenants have been broken. And, and so I'm telling him all this and he goes, you are speaking by the Holy Spirit. Everything you've been saying is by the Holy Spirit. What do I need to do? I want to do this. And, um, and he already has a great grasp of, of He's got a so much of this it. stuff. And, and, and so I was like going, I can pray blessings and it'll release something. But I was like, I feel like what I always do is I stand in the gap and I repent for the sins of the previous yeah. leaders. He did that perfectly, beautifully, prayed blessings over me. I 
forgave, not like I needed to. And, and, and I'm not looking for repayment of what I wasn't paid before. Um, because that would, I, I just believe that when we release, we bless, I'm like, I'm paying for this meal. It was in a very expensive restaurant. <clears throat> and, uh, but I was like going, I'm paying for this, eat whatever you want, as much as you want. I didn't tell him that on the front end, but in the, in my spirit, you know, <laughs> never, um, never tell him that on the yeah, front end. No, no, no. Well, yeah. That's wisdom. Right yeah. There. <laughs> and, and, but I was like going, be, there's a proverb about be, that because <laughs> that restores spiritual authority, something significant while we're doing this. I mean, it just takes not even two minutes to pray this prayer, to speak these things to each other. The whole thing, we were there almost two hours, but, but it's a short amount of time, but I'm going something huge is happening in the heavenlies right now over the city. Because when we break covenant, it brings curses to the land. It brings curses to our lives. It'll bring curses to a church that the next minister is having to battle and the next minister and the next minister. We could tell testimonies that were pretty crazy about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most of the time when the person coming in and standing the gap for what someone else has done and because I didn't walk around cursing, I didn't walk around. I've had covenants broken with me and I even release people from covenants. I've written letters, one organization, we had a handwritten covenant document, you know, and, uh, and I'm going, I don't want them cursed. I want this organization to flourish. And I don't know that anybody needs to even listen to me or hear me, but this document needs to be written and signed and mailed to them. And, and I did it because I'm going, I don't want them cursed, but they've broken covenant, you know, you're because better, people don't, they don't understand how important covenant is. Yeah. They don't realize when they're just our word, it should be our covenant. Mm-hmm. We don't need a written document. The reason is that I got a written, written document is because how poor people's words are sometimes. And I'm trying to walk in dominion yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and go, we're not letting this happen again. And it happens. I believe God's showing me something that's going to break that cycle, that people will not be covenant breakers in Tampa Bay, not in my life, not in our ministry. And I've witnessed some of that break. Covenant keepers. Yeah. Sounds like a ministry name right now. That's that, our ministry. Yeah, that sounds like a new, uh, <clears throat> new trendy early two thousands movement that started in the evangelical church. Is that an actual thing? Uh, I, I think there's something about that's called like covenant keepers or something like that of the purity movement. Oh, I think okay, that okay. Was a term. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we're we're not gonna plagiarize that then. But yes, covenant keepers. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, sorry. That was promise keepers. Promise keepers. Well, <laughs> that, that, there was a covenant keepers too, but I'm, okay. The um, all that to say that revive that is revival. Yeah. The stuff we've been witnessing in our ministry is revival in a smaller way. What is your favorite revival you've ever experienced or read about research or experienced yourself? Favorite revival. <clears throat> I mean, there were about nine episodes of revivals that we read about. Uh, I, one of those was about Santa Claus and the other was about Christmas. So that really narrows it down to seven. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus and Christmas was the same one. No, that was two different ones. Um, we did a podcast on Christmas. Revival. I don't remember. I don't know. I got to say Azusa. I, the, the interview that I listened to about the um, Toronto revival yeah. might have been the favorite thing that I've read about or studied so far. Uh, and just the conversation that the two guys were having one who was there for a lot of it. Um, and just some of the thoughts that he had on, you know, Hey, there's all this critical feedback coming. Like the, I think it was the book strange fire by some prominent evangelical R- guy. Ryan Swindoll was it? Clark? No. It might've might been Clark. 
I don't know. Oh, I don't know who did it, but they wrote the book because of that. And it was like their rebuttal of that revival. And it, like some of the points that the guy in the podcast was making, like, you know, God can be raising up a good thing while the enemy is also trying to raise up bad alongside with the whole parable of the um, John MacArthur, the tares. Yeah. Sorry, John MacArthur, you know, the parable of the wheat and the tares. In yeah, the yeah, field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just that explanation of his was like, oh, that really makes yeah, yeah, that connects. a lot of these events make sense to me because I see things that are kind of in both parts. Like one, wow, this looks like a really good renewing thing. And then there's <laughs> other parts of these where it's like, that maybe doesn't look so great the thing at that, the same time. The thing, I think we talked about this on the podcast that happens at Revival is it draws yeah. all kinds of people. <clears throat> yeah. And all kinds of things happen. Like it, what can what can start it, you yeah. know? what what when the holy spirit falls like it's like he's there the holy yeah. spirit's there god is moving things are happening but when you bring in a lot of people yeah. you bring in people with agendas you bring yeah, in as people soon as it becomes public and somebody can monetize it in some way yeah, yeah, it's yeah. bringing in everybody it, uh, yeah and oh so, there's been people that have shown up at asbury that have made a bad name oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and 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 then like a lot of people who already are pessimistic about this stuff are going to take that and be like, look, yeah. there's tears th throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And that, and so I love your, I love that. And the, um, man, I've got a couple that came to my mind that are favorites. Um, but Finney has been the longest standing one. And re if you ever read his autobiography, it's one of the most amazing hmm. um, books and his journey because even the part before he became a Christian, people were being discipled by him, growing in their faith. So you know you got while anointing. He was an atheist. You know you got yeah. anointing and a calling on your life when that happens. And, and, and I, I, I would love, I would love it if we in the church could still be learning from the atheists who give us critiques because there's enough critiques oof. to be had where it's like, oh yeah, that's a good point, and not just like you're an atheist. Your word doesn't mean anything. Like I wish. I wish Christians I could just hear from their pastor sometimes yeah. or their friends or anybody yeah. just a, a humility. Yeah. That would, that would be a revival. I get behind oh, yeah. uh, a humility revival. Yeah. I don't even know what that would look like because you can't post it on social media, right? Yeah. It'd be hard to monetize that. Too. Yeah. It'd be very hard to monetize that. People don't get behind that. All right. So Philip. Hi. I love you, dude. Thanks, man. I love you too. If you guys like the the things Philip brings to this podcast, we're trying to talk him into being the third mole on the Mullet Over podcast. Still bringing in guests, but uh, yeah. we're trying to talk about so so drop a comment, a like, share it, and uh, <laughs> message him on Facebook or Instagram. But uh, we're bringing we want to talk to him because you are going to go bring revival all over the world. I'm going to do my darndest. You're going to do your darndest, and that so that's that's what you've been called. And so so give us a um, where are you at with everything right now? Okay, so because here's the thing, it sounds like I know him and he's my brother, but like if I don't ask specific true. enough questions, I will miss <laughs> it's everything going on. It, it, my wife gets upset with me about the same thing sometimes, and I'm like, I try to explain. You know it. I'm like, look, I, I like people come and go through my day so much. It's like <laughs> I don't really expect that anyone wants to know what's going on with me. I feel like it's mostly just you know formalities and politeness and so i'm like whatever i'll just sit here and it's like if you take five minutes and just sit down oh and my like goodness. no i actually want to know and you just sit there for five minutes i'll be like okay wow you really want to know here we go um so that's what we're doing we're sitting here for five minutes we really want to know yep so uh i also think that's a generational curse because my wife has the same complaint and i'm pretty sure our mom has the same complaint so you know it might be yeah go ahead okay so we're uh 
where, where should I start back at the beginning or just where we are right now? You know, I was thinking about this because I was like, as a child, you always talked about wanting to be a missionary pilot. Yeah. And it, and at first I thought that's cool. And, and it, you know, one week I wanted to be a quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. One week you want to be this, the next week you want to be that. Yeah. And we have funny stories about some of that that I'll yeah. skip. But Thank you. <clears throat> that was one that you held on to for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to tell funny stories about him. Oh, whatever. And not you. <laughs> and, um, but, but it was like the closer we got to it and a little bit of research, I was yeah. going, holy cow. And I, I was committed to helping you make that yeah. dream a reality. Yeah. But everything we looked at it, it was so it's, it's close to a half a million dollars to become a missionary Can pilot. We, if you go, can we just? I don't want to interrupt it. I look so short compared to you guys on the video. Sucker! I look like an itty bitty little. He's person. definitely going to move the camera next time. Yeah, he is shorter than me. It's in all perspective. I not like not that right not that much. I don't know, my man. Hand. You've got oh, a lot of hair. I'm taller. <laughs> I'm taller than this. One. So that gives you an idea. Yeah, half a million dollars to be a pilot. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, so I like ADHD. What uh, is like senior year in high school? I like made this whole spreadsheet on my wall of like. All the schools that yes. offer the degrees. He's always been everything. better than I everyone. I think the most expensive was like two hundred thousand. No, um, no, no, no. I think so. It was close or to maybe two fifty. Once you added all of the yeah, flight, I added all living, I added, like, expenses, living expenses, flight stuff. Three hundred fifty, I think, was the cheap, if I remember correctly. So between okay. us, one, and it was closer to a, just split it right down the. Middle. It wasn't. It wasn't five hundred thousand, but it was over four hundred thousand. Okay. the most expensive. If and and. Okay. Because I'm going, wow, yeah, I want to share it, this load Regardless, that's not a small amount of money. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He was working at Walgreens at the time. So that, yeah. that would have well, taken no, him. Walgreens and the plant nursery. That, <laughs> that would have taken him about 37 years to save yeah, up. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. And so so I was like going, I want to help this make, make this a reality. But I want to know <laughs> that you're committed to this. Yeah. Like you're serious about yeah. this. You're so, like, son, I want you to dream. Let's dream a little small. Yeah. <laughs> I never said that, but I, I didn't think it. I know. <laughs> and because uh, I was like, I could just see us paying off debt for a long time. Because I, I was like, I don't want you to shoulder all that. And yeah. We can't. So it would be together. Yeah. So we plan this trip. Yep. And uh, we look at all the. Well, yeah, it was like a year <laughs> into me doing online classes. And I think I came to you and was like, yeah, dad, I think you were right. I think this is going to be too much money. <laughs> and you were like, I have another idea. And so we, we, we planned to spend a whole weekend. Yeah. But when we got to iTech, I think it was like, let's go home and talk yeah. about this and yeah. pray about this. And you ended up at iTech. So yep. that in my mind was like that for, little one for, day. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, it's called the Indigenous Peoples Technology and Education Center in Dunnellen, Florida. I couldn't have even answered that exactly. Yeah, so. It's a, uh, a small organization whose purpose is to like develop trainings and technologies for indigenous believers to use to further missions in their own local context. You know, you just so. use a lot of words that our people will not understand. I don't know if you need to define all of oh, them, but simply it was <laughs> a place where you learned how to fix planes, build yes, planes. They did have an planes. aviation program are where you, I did my learning. Are you the only person who like start to finish graduated? So <clears throat> no. So Dakota who started after me, he did finish and got his mechanics license. What's he doing now? He did not get, uh, he still works for Jesse, oh, okay. as far as I know. He's still there. Um, uh, he did not get any of his flight stuff. I I think I'm the only person who came in with nothing. And in the, I think it was there, three years. Um, 
or maybe three and a half years, I got all of my mechanics licenses and all of my pilot licenses. Now, there was something else you got there that was really significant that you thought you were giving up by not going to some of those bigger oh, colleges. Yeah. So one of the things I was looking at in all those colleges and universities, literally on my spreadsheet was like the men to women ratio. We demographically. I, do, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that part. You know, and first off, like mission stuff, especially aviation is much higher male than female. So I was like, all right, I got to hedge my bets a little bit and go for the smallest margin. I remember we found a college in Miami that was 93% women. And we were like, you're doomed to find oh, a wife well, if we send yeah. you there. So what did you find? 93% men or women? 93% women. So what did you and find I, there? Uh, I found me a wife. You sure did. Good. I a love good Southern one. girl. I Amazing. Love, I love the way your voice changes. Yeah. Uh, this is my podcast. That's you have podcast. a lot of different accents that kind of flow in yeah, and out. Yeah, I do. He is the accent man, if you didn't know that. So, but yeah, I met Anna there at a Bible study and we were friends for like three years. And then as soon as she moved away, I, we started dating. That's how that worked. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. At what point from the time you met her, did you think the first thought animal? So when I got there, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try really hard during this time because one, getting your mechanic license while doing apprenticeship, like you have to do all the studying that you would in school, but you're also working full time. And then to also be like, I'm going to get my flight stuff, which is like you, all of that study. You put in 12 again. hours a day, six days a week. It was a lot of work. And so I was like, I need to not focus on women at all while I'm here (laughs) or for as long as I can. So it wasn't until uh, maybe like five months before we started dating or before I asked her out the first time. Uh, There's a year gap between me asking her out the first time and her finally saying yes to go out with me. How close that was when, when she came with you? Back here one time, or not? She didn't come with you. She came with someone else. We were pretty decent friends, but it's still like we only saw each other at church events, Um, and one or two times I went over to her house for a worship night that she was putting on. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but she came with Amelia. No, no, no. I remember that. Yeah. So we knew each other at church a little bit, and then uh, she came with one of our mutual friends. Well, she was like, "Hey, I just got accepted to USF, which is down in Tampa." Uh, I'm going to be moving there in a few months. And I was like, well, I'm from Tampa. I know lots of people and a church there that I also went to on the weekends to help start. Uh, I would love to plug you in with my community in Tampa. (laughs) So It was a pretty strategic move on my part to like, let me get you into my friend group so then we can keep being friends and get close. Um, So she came with one of our mutual friends and ended up staying with the church. When I saw her come in that night, I was going, wow, who is this girl? And it, it has been said about the Mull brothers that we bat above our average. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, it, but it was also like, I just was like, uh, like, until I heard her name. And then I was like, going, wow, like, I believe this is someone that mm-hmm. Philip might marry. And like, I didn't see that ever before. Yeah. But that night when she first came. I don't know if I saw the twinkle in both of your eyes <laughs> or what I saw, but yeah. but there was something that said these two are probably destined We're for destined each other. destined to be together. And I kept my mouth shut, but I was like, 
I felt I it pretty tried strong. really hard to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> How did I do in that regard? I ha- I don't remember. <clears throat> you don't remember? I was too googly eyed over her. So oh, that was one of the cutest things though, is when you'd get up to do announcements or anything to watch her watch you. <laughs> I was like, she can't play poker. Like no, she's terrible at lying. Oh my gosh. She also. She shouldn't. Huh. I really want her to be able to play board games and other games. She's not good at it. She's competitive and she can't like temper down the competition nature inside of her. So funny. So it's like we play tennis sometimes. We haven't played in a little while, but that was a good sport for us because she, she played you. in high school. And so she would beat me pretty much all the time. Um, and, you know, I'm getting to play a sport and get better. And she gets to beat me. And so it's like, that was a really good thing for our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. So you go to iTech, you get all your degrees. Where are you at now? What's, what's, where right, is. So yeah. So iTech. Yeah. And the goal there was to be like, I want to be a missionary pilot. Um, that's kind of what like Steve Saint, the, his whole family line is very, very known for missions, aviation. His father was Nate Saint, the pilot in Ecuador. If you've ever seen end of the spear or. Um, know the name Jim Elliott, any of that stuff, like that's their lineage kind of. So uh, <clears throat> me being there is like, I'm already kind of plugged into the missions aviation world a little bit. Um, finish, get done. Uh, I've still got some hours to build flying. Uh, so I go get a job and uh, kind of work in a few different, work at a few <coughs> different jobs. And then I end up with a guy who I um, roomed with when I was at iTech, he started his own business. I currently work for him. Um, but early, like right at the beginning of this year, probably February, Anna and I were like, or I came to Anna and was like, Hey, February of this year. So we're talking, sorry, two last weeks year, ago. 2022. Yeah. February of 2022. Uh, so a year ago, pretty much exactly. I was like, Hey, Anna, I really feel like, you know, the Lord's moving me back toward missions, aviation. Like this is kind of the time to start moving in that direction. So we went to the annual fly-in event, Sun and Fun, second largest air show in the nation, um, which is 10 minutes from our house. We go there, we talk to some of the missions aviation guys, and um, the one that we felt some call towards is called um, JARS, Jungle Aviation and Radio Service. Um, And their whole mission is they support Bible translation missions work in very remote communities. Um, Are they an offshoot of Wycliffe? Yeah. So the same guy who started Wycliffe Wycliffe. um, started JARS. And basically he was like, hey, we've got these missionaries who are translating the Bible out in the middle of freaking nowhere. You know, it takes them a week to get back to a city. And that's not like, you know, I could travel to Australia in two days. Yeah. It takes them a week to go like, you know, 50 miles. Yeah. And he's like, we can't just leave them out there with zero support. Uh, we got to find a way around this. So then he started jars. Um, they ended up picking up, I believe it was like some um, decommissioned military trainer, p- piston trainer planes. Um, and they got some pilots who volunteered and basically started this. Uh, I think Mexico was the first place they started it. Interesting. Um, and they would <clears throat> You know, they'd make a, a grass strip somewhere and they start flying and bringing supplies. If they had a medical emergency, they'd go fly them out um, it, because they're working on like with paper and stuff. You know, you can't really get a computer out there at that time. They're bringing them fresh supplies. They're bringing them back when they need to start, you know, 
um, editing or typoing their work so far or getting it verified. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so yes, it's the transportation and support branch for Wycliffe Bible translation, which is, you know, if you if there's any foreign translation on your Uversion Bible app, it's probably a Wycliffe translation. Um, so they've they've been doing like tons of work for like 90 or 100 years or something like that. That's awesome. <clears throat> Trying to get the Bible in every language to get the gospel in every language. Yep. That's their goal. Yep. <clears throat> and just not just that, it's like if we can create any other resources as well for these people and translate them, you know, that's huge. Because some of the people groups that they're going to don't have a written language. Yeah, It's just verbal, like you only speak it. And so that you got to go in and like, it felt like a very good pairing for my wife and I because she is like uber fascinated <laughs> by everything linguistics we went to the museum of the alphabet which they have um at their headquarters which sounds like the lamest museum in the world like <laughs> this oh, is the letter a be? sesame street abc's you know you're gonna have funny. count dracula wow boo i guess that's numbers but you know it's all the same <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same alphabet numeric system whatever uh but like she spent two hours it's not a very big building it's maybe the size of a walgreens <laughs> like Two hours. She didn't even get halfway through. Wow. And she was understanding everything that's being that that they're writing. And and, and I'm like, you're going to have to tell me all of this. I don't like. Yes, that's a foreign symbol. Yes, that's a foreign symbol. I don't know. I don't even know English grammar. So like you're going to have to tell me how this other language works. Um, but she really <laughs> gets that stuff. Um, and so this felt like a very exciting pairing where kind of we get to use That's both really of cool. our skill sets. She's a speech pathologist. Yes, she's a speech therapist, which yeah. <laughs> our, our first trip to JARS after we talked to their missionaries and they were like, you know, you've got all the qualifications we'd be looking for um, because of and it's interesting. So I talked to them and told them, you know, I was with iTech and they're like, oh, Steve's group. We're going to want to have you out for like a preliminary evaluation because <laughs> they're like, so we've funny. had people come from <clears throat> apprenticeship model yeah, yeah, studies yeah. before and it's like, you're getting whatever that one guy knew. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a pretty limited education in a pretty broad field. I mean, in aviation, you're, you're having to learn electricity. You're having to learn like metallurgy and how to make bend radiuses. Like it, it's, can you decent weld? Math mathematics? I cannot weld. I've tried to weld one thing and it made me want to throw up a little bit in my mouth you, because of how you, ugly it was. You welded me something. Is that the thing you're talking about? What did I, I? I don't think I it's welded a little you box. anything. Uh, no, I riveted that. There's welds on it. What do you mean there's not welds? Maybe I don't think there's welds. Maybe this, the, the metal you used had welds. Yeah, probably the metal I used had welds. Oh, okay. But, um, so they're like, you know, we're going to want to see, come they have you out, see what you know to make sure you know something. Um, so, you know, before you come and do like a two week evaluation, like come out for two days, you know, we'll bring, we'll take you out to dinner. Uh, we'll give you a little projects, just interview you, see what you know. So, um, uh, and especially like, so there's the mechanic side, there's lots of information you have to learn. And then there's also the piloting side, which different organizations have much different standards on like the standards of flying uh, are really high with this organization. And it's like, uh, all the other schools give this give jars a hard time like their technical evaluation is the worst because it's like oh you were 50 feet off your target altitude and like 50 feet in an airplane is like you blink you're you're 50 feet up or down it's like it happens very very fast um and they're like you know you can be 50 feet off just 
you know, be correcting it, you know, be going back to zero. And it's like, like the, the, the air, the, the standards for getting your licenses are like 200 feet. Like that's the, if you start breaking out of 200 feet, then they're like, Hey, you really don't have good control of the airplane, you know? And they're like, you were like 25, 50 feet off. Is it's that like, just because of like that? What it's like in the bush and they just don't want people to die. Well, well I, I really appreciate it. They have just a very high level of excellence um, in what they do. And part of it is that like, we want you to be always on when you're flying the plane, Which you know, cause it's standard. very, it's a good like, standard. To have. It's a great standard to have. It's um, kind of like, like the, the elite like of the air force yeah. you have to you have to fit this margin yeah to be even asked in yeah 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 so th they want that level of excellence and you know my pilot training like one of the guys i built time with would literally watch netflix while flying the airplane <clears throat> like that bothered me at the time i'm like okay this is maybe a little too relaxed you shouldn't be watching um narcos while oh flying this gosh. airplane and That's he was totally hilarious. watching narcos while flying an airplane and so i'm like okay i know that the level of excellence that i was educated to was not what you guys want <laughs> like i've been trying in my own time yeah, and yeah. effort to get there um so i went out for the two days they're like I, we think you're good on the mechanics like you you've got an aptitude for it you learn quick you can figure stuff out pretty quick Mm, we think you need quite a bit of work on the flying part. <laughs> and I was like, I totally agree. You know, um, the, the, the flight they had me do was like the airplane <clears throat> did not have a GPS, which nowadays to be flying in an airplane without a GPS is like, what kind of ancient technology are you using? You want me to use a paper map that I've done like legitimate, like wind correction angle mathematics so it's like okay the wind so they're today, really testing you they're really because testing that's what you, there's a good chance that's what you're gonna experience in the bush yeah there's a great chance like oh i lost my gps it got stolen there are no roads you were yeah. running so, from the natives no, I, I'm just kidding. I don't have landmarks to work yeah, with because yeah. it's all jungle you know so that makes sense yeah so it's like we want to know were that you, was that did you were you close when you did it close to like the did you find the the runway oh so no so flight there i i think i did pretty well i was off like 100 feet above below, okay. pretty consistently i was i was happy with that they were like you know we really want to see a little bit did closer. you know that you had to hit that lower better so, mark or yeah so did i, you went, find out I after? went to moody bible institute for a week of like prep training and they were like dude theirs is the worst like so they're gonna and like they're telling <laughs> stories like don't even relax when you're in the lunchroom because somebody's watching you and taking. Oh notes. my like, goodness! You go to the bathroom and they're seeing they're going to see if you missed. <laughs> they got cameras all around. I'm like, I'm uh. like freaking out in my boots a little bit. Like, like, is it really going to be that intense? But that they're all they're all also saying like, hey, if it doesn't work out with jars, just go to MAF. They'll take literally anyone. Like, you'll be <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So I went to do the technical evaluation. Um, well, so the, like the preemptive evaluation um, and the flight there, I did. I think I did well. You know, I navigated all of my times were pretty much on, you know, plus or minus a minute, which is really not that much for flying. Uh, then on the way back, he had me do like other maneuvers. And that got me a little lost because I'm like, OK, this is unfamiliar terrain. So the landmarks are very sparse that I would even have on my chart. And plus, I don't know this area very well. So I'm like having a real hard time figuring out again where i am um and navigating back to the airport like that that was 
I, I was not really prepared for that kind of situation. <laughs> um, and he had, he had quite a list. I was very appreciative. He had a long list of like critiques for me, which I really like getting that kind of feedback. It's, it's like helpful <laughs> feedback. It's not yeah. just like you suck. It's like, it's also one of my favorite things about just the aviation community. Everything like we're always trying to constructively get better critique and build one another up toward like this level of excellence. Um, but so, uh, after that, you know, Anna and I sat down and we're like, all right, I really got to think through, do I want to put in quite possibly like, you know, with my work schedule and everything else, a year of extra training before I go in for the technical evaluation, um, for, and, and I really started to like self like reflect a little bit of like, all right, flying maintenance. Like, how do I feel about these two things? And I'm like, if I'm honest, flying kind of stresses me out because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, I can deal with an occasional plan change. Yeah. When flying, your plans are always changing. You know, you get to a destination. Oh, I brought my other friend along. Okay. I've got to do the weight and balance again. Do I have too much fuel? Is the airplane too heavy? Is it within its center of gravity limits? Um, this guy's got to be back by two o'clock. This plight's going to take, you know, we're probably barely. You are. Within, a, yeah. You want to be prepared. You, <clears throat> I want to be very prepared, and um, that's not something that's as you, you don't have as much control over everything. You, well, yeah, you, it's like you always need to be very prepared for me to like have to constantly rethink <clears throat> through all those factors. Like, it really gets me stressed um, to a point where I think it can like a like a, how would I say in aviation? There's like certain personality traits that you look for in pilots. So me, when I get very stressed, I kind of fall into what's called like the resignation um, personality trait to look out for, which is like, oh, well, whatever happens, you know, really? that's really, how you do I, a little bit. It's like, oh, interesting. I would not have when, that. when I when there's like a lot of extra factors, it's like, OK, you know, someone else seems more sure than me. I guess I'll follow their lead. Um, and so it's like, OK, I know I deal with that already in a foreign context where people are very much more like, let's negotiate, you know, let's make this thing work out the way I wanted to. It's like, that would stress me the crap out, man. I, um, I got you. And I love flying. Like it, it when it's like, just Will you me, still have an opportunity to fly. <clears throat> probably. Um, Cause oh, my plan right now is to do most of the maintenance, but like you got to do maintenance flight checkouts. Um, it, uh, some of the guys I talked to who were like heads over divisions, they were like, look, if I had a maintenance specialist, where we were because a lot of times it's like you're a pilot but you also know how to do maintenance stuff so you're kind of toting the line between the two he's like but when you have like a maintenance heavy guy who can do any of the big jobs that come around who know how to do all the research into like is this plane in a legal condition is it not like what are the upcoming maintenance things we have yeah um, he's like i would have taken that guy to the field all the time and because you know you're working in villages they have a generator go out they don't know what to do. They can jerry rig some stuff. You know, they're really ingenuitive a lot of times, but That's sometimes cool. you just need someone who can fix it a little more heavy duty. And so I'm like, heck, I'd have that opportunity to just go in and spend two, three days in a village helping them fix their stuff. You know, That's cool. that gets me that real kind of community uh, and connection with those guys. But yeah. Okay. So right now you are. So right now we just were like officially signed on with Wycliffe. Um, through all the paperwork that's taken a couple months. Um, we are like uh, in April, we're going for a week um, at Wycliffe headquarters <laughs> in Orlando for like this whole engage. Like we just 
got those those dates the other day. Um, so it's a whole week of like get to know us, how everything works. You know, we're gonna help you set up um, one how much fundraising you're gonna need to to uh, get. We're gonna partner you with someone who's gonna help you with that fundraising. Um, awesome. So that is coming up in April, and then after that, it's fundraise. So. Uh, they give you about two years from that point to do all your fundraising. If you can't fundraise in that time, they're like, something's not working out. You're either not very motivated or you really don't have great relationships with people. Um, <clears throat> but uh, like everyone says, that should be plenty of time. Two years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're raising money for the next two years. What's your website? The website is mullsonmission.com. Again, that's mullsonmission.com. M-U-L-L. S O N M I S S I O N. I hope that's right. If not, oh well. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what that also says? What? Mull Sun Mission. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I did not think through a good like acronym for the name until after I bought the URL because I'm like, what's the good acronym? Well, it's like Mom. Like M O M, you know? I can't put that on a t shirt. Oh well, you know. Things to I think support of. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mull's on Mission. Uh, on there, we've got all of our updates. So every time, you know, hey, you know, we're officially on with Wycliffe, which I'm going to be writing that one in the next week or two to let everyone know where we're at in that process. We've got a podcast that we do uh, kind of like every other month or whenever some big update comes, you know, that'll get a little faster the, the further in we get. Um, any of my wife's worship stuff that she's done, she's got a few songs that are on an album that Andrew helped put together. Um, and she's got some other song stuff that she's done at churches. So all of her music's on there. The three or four messages that I've done that are You've online are on there. Is any of the uh, the worship mom stuff on there? Yeah. Well, yeah. Anna's the one that she was like prominent in yeah. is on there. Um, but yeah, all our updates, um, all of our podcast stuff, um, uh, links to support us are on there. So if you want to know what we're doing, Mulls on Mission is the place to go to find out. So that is awesome. Thank you for sharing and thank you for coming. And I have a surprise guest Ooh. for you guys. Okay. We have a surprise fourth guest. Amazon. He, this the episode was sponsored. He by- flew in overnight from Amazon. Okay. His name. Oh, is it like the gummy bear challenge? Is Lil Nitro. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> Christmas, this last Christmas, when I was with Anna's family, uh, her sister's new boyfriend brought a little Nitro to the get-together. And uh, <laughs> our Uncle Lauren and his son Matthew were like, oh, yeah, we're doing it. You know, they're like the tough ones of the family, you know, like them good old Southern boys. So they cut this little nitro in half. And I will never forget this for my entire life. Uncle Lauren, bald, like tough looking guy, but also friendly, you know. He takes a bite. He grips the arms of the chair. Sweat is already starting to beat on his forehead. And he looks at his son. He goes, boy, we're in it now. (laughs) (laughs) How did it end? What Uh, happened for them? They were in the kitchen chugging milk. It was not great. And they're like, they are some tough dudes, you know. They get the hottest stuff at the restaurant. <laughs> and uh, Lauren and Matthew get up to go to the kitchen to start chugging milk. And the other uncle who, like, Lauren and him, you know, they've got, they've always had, like, the brotherly rivalry going on. He gets up out of his chair and he goes, I'm not missing this. And he runs in there <laughs> after them. 
So no, I will not be partaking in Little Nitro. No, no, no. I bought one for all of us. We're all going to share one? No, no, no. I bought three Little Nitros. What are we going to do with it? The world's I'm not going to eat it. What, will you take a tiny bite? Absolutely not. This Dude, product is extremely I got a spicy schnitzel in Israel. <laughs> I was snot coming out my nose. Tears coming down. I had to tell dad after three bites. I was like, dad, I can't finish this. <laughs> I am a lightweight <laughs> in the spice category, dude. Too much pepper on my eggs and I'm sweating, you know? <laughs> this is intended for adults only and should be kept out of reach of children and pets. Oh, and my goodness. Pets. <laughs> Picture the dog. I'm my cat. <laughs> so I'm going to put, put catnip all over the <laughs> And just let the cat go for it. Do you know what would happen if I left this gummy bear out with, with my kids? You know how much you would be on the ground. Uh, you don't understand my kids. Okay. I get spicy uh, chicken nuggets or chicken strips yeah. from Chick-fil-A. Or, or I'll get a spicy sandwich. My, my kids will come and take the food off my plate. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. They've taken the spicy <laughs> strips and they're like, ah, ah, and they start throwing up. Yeah. Now they come up to my plate and they're like, they put it back down. And they look you at know me. what I might do though? Next time we have a party, I'm just going to have a bowl of gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> a little nitro is going to be in there, man. No, no, no. Listen, we're all doing this Absolutely together. Absolutely not. What kind of insurance? Corn syrup. <laughs> it's corn syrup and sugar. Oh, that's again. And water. I'm on paleo. And gelatins. I'm on paleo right now. <laughs> Can't do corn syrup. <laughs> There's only 9,000 SHU chili yeah. extract. Oh, <laughs> Nine million SHU chili extract. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, so it's a nine million Scoval unit, which what uh, a jalapeno is like a thousand. You gotta look at the scale. What is this compared to a because I've done Carolina. Oh, this is incredibly hot. <laughs> Scoville scale. Yeah, after seeing Uncle Lauren have that kind of reaction <laughs> after half a little nitro, nah. Not Listen, you gotta, you can't just back out. I, I never agreed to this in the first. A Carolina, place. <laughs> it's true. A Carolina Reaper <clears throat> is two million. Yeah, this is nine million. That, so this is slightly Packed into a tiny gummy bear. It's nine hundred times hotter than a jalapeno. No, okay, you, you've seen the Olin Rogers. Uh, um, you know what, Philip? I release you because right? I, I don't know this remember was coming. Okay, because he's like. You know, I had this Pure pepper capsaicin that my grandfather is 10 million. made. He's like, I didn't realize he birthed it from a tear from Sauron's eye. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can I touch it? Sure, is it going to burn me? It. it might. I don't know. Probably not. You should. Lick oh, it. it's Just hard. Lick it. Just lick it's it. hard. Will you lick it if I lick <laughs> no! it? No. Lick it. Absolutely not. We have plenty of things to cool you down. I still have my dignity and my pride. What do you have to cool anybody down? I didn't bring You anything. promised me. <clears throat> I, I don't have any memory <clears throat> of this ice cream. cream. I have no memory of that. You I, well, you didn't remember. Cream. I did. You didn't yeah. remember to get it. So so there was some um, Listen. mint chocolate chip, which is my least favorite, probably. Mint. Okay, I touched it with my <clears throat> hand. Oh wow! <laughs> we do, we do need to read this because the 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 container of the of the <laughs> he touched. Is it. it spicy? Little nitro challenge. We want you to make the best little nitro video on the internet. I hope the camera's getting this. Um, post your video if you will eat yours. 
even I will a not. quarter of yours. I will not eat any part of mine. When we get that on video, I will eat one. You know what we should do? <clears throat> do, do? Do you guys still have raccoon problems at the house? No, not really. No. That, that's pretty funny. Do I did I did light up some one time. What did I put in there? I oh I shredded. I, I think the I think we chocolate can do habanero. It. I think well, we can do it. Do the raccoons? You no, know the little nitro. I no, <laughs> no. Look, I would survive. I might be like emotionally scarred. I would definitely lose my dignity because I'd be puking all over this room, dude. <laughs> you do have a bit of a weak stomach. I do. Okay. Are you doing it? How about this? I'm going to watch you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to do it, all three of us together, but I, I'm if he's not going to do it, I'm a little... Absolutely not. I'm a little disappointed. Look, I've, seen, I've seen, you know, the result of the survivors. You know, now whenever we talk about spicy food, Uncle Laren has that thousand yard stare. I'm just kidding. I don't he's know. Been in a, he's been in a... No, but I, 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 I will never forget that like... Yeah, it's he, weird that I just... I just touched, touched a it. dry one and touched my tongue. And you can feel it. And I can feel it. I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, I am someone who's done Carolina Reaper. I did the one chip challenge and I've done other stuff. And most people call me boring at the same time. <clears throat> how about I, this? Like, what if, can we, th this will blow up the podcast. Dr. Richard Mole. If you eat all three, <laughs> this is not going to blow up our podcast. <laughs> if I eat all three, maybe no, it's the wrong medium. For eating a little nitro, like you need a video. It's videoed. <laughs> okay. We're videoing it. That's why we're doing this. Okay. I'm not gonna do it. Is there anything that you would motivate you? It would be hard. What would motivate you? Because I, I want to like do a it. lot of money. How much is a lot of like money? Like a lot. When you say a lot, <clears throat> like give me a thousand dollars. I don't think Olaf no, has yeah, a thousand dollars. Absolutely not. No, I'm not doing it, man. Okay, you have to eat this now. You've you're touching it, getting your finger wet. <clears> I mean, he's it with claimed it as his. You're gonna have to eat it now. Mine is still unsullied. I, I touch it with a wet finger. I know. Yeah, that's the worst. That's, that's what I'm saying. Not. It's yours now, and you have to eat it. Oh, I will. I'll write my name on it. <clears throat> How about this? You eat that <clears throat> as soon. You don't get as... to keep it if you're not going to eat it. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> Now what I'm gonna do with two little nitros. <laughs> Feed both the puppies. <laughs> oh man! Are you gonna eat any of one? See, I, I don't know. If he's not gonna do it, I'm. A I'm. Oh come on! Oh, I'm making you chicken out. I'm not saying chicken out. Oh, you scared me a little out. bit with whatever. How about a quarter? You do a quarter with me? No. Will you I lick am it? Partaking? Will of you no lick part it? Of Will this. you lick it? All right. Uh, who, oh gosh, who is it? Uh, what? Who's the Who's the prophet who had to like cook over his own excrement? Ezekiel. Yeah. Was that Ezekiel? Okay, so this is like me pleading to the Lord. Lord, can it just be cow excrement? Like, can I at least not do this? <laughs> <laughs> this is my plea to not please do this. You're trying to convince him to be on this show, and I you're know. starting with this. That is, I just feel like it's a it's a, it's bold, a bonding. It's a big ask. It's a it's a bonding experience. No. The three of us bondage doing this together. Experience. Bondage experience. Mm. All right, I'm I'm about as brave as this kind of stuff comes and. Yeah, go I'm for it. Y'all have fun. When I see you take a quarter of it. Yep. There we go. I if take I take it. a quarter of it, will you do it with no! me? Come on! I'm not going to do it. <sighs> Am I going to chicken out? Are you going to chicken out? I hope not. Can you? I'm going to go look for what we have to drink. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe go check. That's I'm gonna, a, I'm that's gonna go a check good real thought quick. before this. Starts. Whatever you do, don't do soda. <laughs> Okay. That makes it like a thousand times worse. You might be borrowing um, Coco's milk if she has some here. Oh man, goat's milk. Goat's milk. <clears throat> it is a the the benefits of capsaicin is kind of what got me yeah. on my no, journey. It's great of but eating everything in moderation, thing. right? This is like drinking three five hour energies. <laughs> you know, a little bit of caffeine that's got some good benefits. Three five-hour energies? No, there's nothing. Has nothing killed good people, can come probably. From that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did he, I did hear about a young man that that died, and the main thing, because they're like, he didn't take the COVID yeah. shot, he didn't have COVID, none of these things, and they're going, but he drank more um, energy drinks than almost oh, anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, those things know. are like. And they're, they're thinking that that could have been what. Yeah. Oh, they're heart. so bad. They're yeah. so bad. I don't do any of the energy drink stuff. I, right. I have goat's milk help. <clears throat> yeah, any 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 milk is gonna help. Any dairy, cheese, cheese would do good. Oh. Ice cream would do good. How much did you get? I get myself more. Oh my gosh! I definitely come, get here, come on, come on, balance <laughs> us a little bit, a little bit. Come on, you gotta. There we go. I got, I got like you had like a shot glass. That's no, all no, that there was. It, it, it there was like was. a communion glass. <laughs> <laughs> not even shot glass. Communion no, no glass. communion glass. Not listen, a shot glass. Listen, listen. Oh man. You better like, comment, and share this podcast. Like, comment, and share this. I like... This is hard. I like that I'm not having to do this, and I'll comment that I like that I'm not having to do this. All right, while, while, while you're getting that ready and getting started, uh, this this these are... The, the cases are... <coughs> the world's hottest to... gummy bear is intended for adult only and should be kept out of reach of children and pets. Little Nitro is not to be consumed by those with any heart or respiratory condition. I'm this coughing. product is extremely spicy <clears throat> and has the potential to cause Consume skin and or mouth irritation. Consumers beware. This is not your ordinary gummy bear from flamethrower candy company comes the next experience for those who seek the heat. Little Nitro has been infused with our signature 9 million Scoville oh my gosh. unit chili extract, making him 900 times hotter than a jalapeno pepper. Yep. Do you dare this fiery gummy bear? I did not do this by choice. Nutrition facts. The serving size is one bear, about three grams. Um, amount per <laughs> serving. Uh, you, you're getting about 15 calories. Uh, That's too zero, much zero fat. 15 calories. Um, All right. Are we doing it? Are you ready? Total do carbs. It. You're getting about three grams of carbs. <clears throat> three grams of sugar. Um, it's not one you can like. You have to chew, chew really it. Human. Oh my gosh. Yeah, chew it. It's top. I am sure this is not going to be pleasant. And I'm sure that <laughs> I'm going to be able to pleasant. express no, that. I know that it's it is not, not pleasant. pleasant. <sighs> okay. I have a whole gummy bear in. I, I, already, I already swallowed mine. <laughs> I just That's had the, the way head. to do it. That's the way to do it. No, you I chewed it. it I, di I didn't just swallow it. I chewed it. <laughs> I might... Drop mine like in the problem is the down. saliva just doesn't stop coming. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I need to spit into something. My mouth's just filling. You, you're good. I've swallowed now, I've got pieces still in my teeth because I chewed it. Uh huh. Up. Uh huh. I was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna do it right. <laughs> I'm gonna do it right. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I know that there was a timer supposedly on the um one chip challenge. That if you went so long, you got like raided. Yeah. <clears throat> As like Superman kind of thing. 
so long. I know that this looks boring. And um, my eyes are watering a little bit. I don't know if you can see that. Wow. Oh, no. My my nose would be like Uh, all... all They say that it takes about a half an hour for it to go away. All congestion would be gone. Like my nose would be empty. You already drinking right now. My my chest hurts, like really bad. You swallowed it too quick. It's just capsating all in there. Is that something that happens? I think so. Yeah. When you don't flush something down, it can get stuck part way, and that's. Oh no! It's in it's in my chest. Okay. Got the heart rate going. Yeah, and you're not gonna. Absolutely not. What about just the two thirds that I didn't eat? No. Just the two thirds. <laughs> That's <about>? more. <laughs> oh man! Did he get a third? Or did he get? Yeah, I think he got about a third. What? You ripped the head off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared to touch my eyes or my face. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. You've had a bad experience before. Oh my gosh! <laughs> We're not going to talk about that though. <laughs> I've come a lot farther when it comes to spicy food. That's true. My chest does very much hurt. I have not. I think I've regressed. I feel it here, so it. it I hope it didn't launch there. <sighs> All right, this is you know the the fire of revival is how we're ending the podcast. No, this is like uh, Ezekiel with the burning coal, like you're being pure. Is that is, is that Isaiah? I don't remember. I want to head home where I can pour more coal because this is not going to last me long. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you so much for this podcast. But you can't stop recording your reaction. <laughs> All right, Philip. Any last big <coughs> things to talk about revival? Um. Yeah, I think uh, Revival at its best makes things more like... uh, So there's like that initial covenant with Abraham where he's like, through you, all the other peoples in the world, the other nations, the other ethnoses will be blessed. Like Revival at its best is not just an individual experience. It's like communal restoration type thing that happens, so... My teeth hurt. I'm not talking about revival anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Closing. <coughs> Closing. Closing statements. <coughs> Closing words. I'd much rather be praying over people right now. <laughs> <laughs> and giving some inspirational outtake. Will you will you uh, pray for revival for everyone that's watching? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Um, just for your incredible faithfulness. Um, we thank you that you want to restore things, that you are a God of restoration, um, a God that bring things uh, that, that takes what is broken and makes it whole again, that you make us whole again, that you make communities whole again. Lord, we pray that everyone listening to this, everybody at Asbury, um, everybody in the Tampa Bay area that's also wanting revival. Lord, I pray that this this uh, thing spreads, that people seek you uh, and through you, not only are individuals transformed, but cities are transformed, whole systems are transformed. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, the church, we would be united as one, Um, even though we don't all agree on the same things, that we would have a common unity in Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. And will you pray for me and dad now? Yes. And uh, I got to blow my nose. (laughs) Lord, I pray that their poor decisions and self-inflicted pain, you would uh, bring healing and relief. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Thank you for watching.